welcome to Never Left College, where we discuss the highs, lows, laughs, and tea of university life from the perspective of two women working in higher ed. I'm Alicia. And I'm Winsome. Welcome back, guys. Today's show, we are going to be talking about immigration. We are. Yes. It's uh, the topic of the week. It's the topic of our lifetimes, really. Yes. It's the topic of the world right now. Mm -hmm. Every major network, everything. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about it and how it pertains to higher education and how it's impacted by higher education. We're going to put it all out there. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. All right. Have a seat, y'all. Class is about to begin. Okay, so let's get into this campus news this week. When some, honestly, we're really talking about world news because everything is intertwined, um, and all things affect all other things in this system that we call America. So uh, we want to touch on the Haitian migrant fiasco that's happening down at the southern texas border right now or the northern <laughs> mexico land you mm. know whichever one because honestly if we go back to history very very good point you know thank you mm-hmm. for the correction very good point so yes everyone has seen the disturbing footage of what i will call haitian refugees being whipped by u.s border patrol agents okay the cowboys are out there rounding up cattle, apparently, because that's definitely what they thought they were doing and not dealing with human beings. And that's exactly what it portrayed. And if you've seen the side by sides, the the cartoons of what's happening, uh, the cartoons of yesteryear that portray the same type of situations is is really sickening. The treatment of Black people across the world has been utterly despicable since the dawn of time. And this is just yet another instance of this. So first of all, why is this important? I'm going to let you answer that for yourself. So why, why is this even important? Um, I think it's important just because we see the same thing happening over and over. We see it in different... I guess you could say different demographics, but it also, it always has to do with people that come from the African diaspora. So it will happen here. It will happen in other countries Mm -hmm. in the UK, whether it is happening in the actual countries that were colonized, people of African descent have been treated unfairly as it pertains to the systems and policies that have been implemented. And so because both of us work within a system that has policies that are implemented, that do, you know, many people don't like to hear this, but it they do impact everyday life. I think it's important for us to talk about it and be very clear that, like, this is despicable and it should not have happened. Agreed. And closer to home, why this is important. Number one, we Black. And number, and number two, two, we are what? Children, children of, of immigrants. immigrants. Winsome, where are your parents from? So my family, um, both my mom and my dad's side, uh, they're from St. Kitts, and they've migrated to many places. So the U.S., the U.K., Germany. So migrants everywhere. And please give a little bit of context for those who are not extremely familiar with the Caribbean. St. Kitts is... Yes, St. Kitts is... It was previously colonized uh, by the British um, and is now an independent uh island nation of St. Kitts at St. Christopher and Nevis, better known as St. Kitts. Okay. And my parents are from Jamaica. So. Boop, 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 boop. 
Um, they came here in the 80s, the wonderful, wonderful 80s. Um, and yes, I mean the 1980s for any of our Gen Z listeners. Do you know that they call the 80s and 90s the late 1900s? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, the babies are confused again. I mean, they're not wrong, but we're not ready for that yet. We're, no, it's not. We're it's, not there yet. It's too soon. Yeah. Anywho, so... A pathway to citizenship for immigrants is a topic that is extremely important to us if we haven't made that clear enough. And honestly, this entire nation, because a lot of American culture wouldn't exist without immigrants. Um, We put some effort into doing some research because we wanted to present this information in a way that was comprehensive. Although we are passionate, we didn't just want to come here and scream at y'all all day. So let's talk about how immigrants have impacted American culture. We all know hip hop music and its resulting hip hop culture influences everything from movies to fashion and even other cultures. Because I know you have seen the Japanese kids over there hipping and hopping to their music. You know they like uh, dance hall too? Yes. I Listen... Spice is the queen everywhere and she is known in whereas we're trying to like some people feel like dancehall is trying to break through in America it's like dancehall has already hit every part it's hit every part (laughs) of the world you know let me not even get on that tip but yes so do you know who was the creator of hip-hop music of course of course Alicia so DJ Clive Cool Heart Campbell of course, his name is Clive. That's so- he's a Jamaican. <laughs> he he's a Jamaican. He's a Jamaican from Kingston, Jamaica, an immigrant. Okay. Um. Who else? We already know human rights and civil rights activist Malcolm X, formerly Malcolm Little. His mother was from Grenada. Child another of an immigrant. Ch- another child of an immigrant. Yep. Um. Audre Lord. I know this is like right up Winsome's alley. It is. If y'all have not picked up a book by Audre Lorde, please go ahead. Just like, go ahead, like touch your hand on anyone and it will bless you. So just go ahead and do that for me. Put it on your your wish list. And she is a renowned black feminist theorist. Okay. Like we said, black Black feminist. feminist. So we're going to have to get into that one day between feminist and black feminist and womanism, but we're not going to do that today. But black feminist theorist and like, you know, like we said, a child of immigrants, Grenada and Bajan parentage. And for y'all, since y'all, some people are very confused, Grenada in the Caribbean and y'all, yes, Bajan, like Rihanna, because that's all, you know, mm-hmm. people have to link something to something, you know, also in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Bajan is from Barbados for those yes. who, you know, that that's hard to connect sometimes. Since I have skipped them. Yes. Um... Can't forget the good sis Shirley Chisholm, the first black woman elected to Congress. Again, the Bayesians. Parents are Bayesian and Guyanese. I mean, we completely skipped over the most blatant representation. Our forever president, Barack Obama. 44 forever. Child of an immigrant. Did you know um, Harry Belafonte's parents are Jamaican? I did not know that, but... <laughs> You know, I would expect. I would expect. I was very proud as I was doing some research and digging because we know Black people contribute um, to every nation across the world. But to specifically learn more about our Black immigrants, 
and how they've impacted America specifically. And, you know, I might be a little biased, but Jamaica, you know, we run teams. So anyway, (laughs) it's very clear that Black immigrants have made their way to America and have contributed greatly to this nation, whether through music, arts, politics, infrastructure. And that's one thing that people don't know a lot about. Uh, So we both are in Florida, Winsome, and I don't know if you have taken the time to visit historic sites within the state of Florida, um, up and down the coasts. Um, I have been to uh, several different places, including St. Augustine. I've been to the Flagler Museum down in South Mm -hmm. Florida. I've been to the Breakers Hotel. And this was years ago when I was much younger and didn't understand the history behind these things. And I would like strongly advise um, anybody who's a native Floridian, or if you've lived here long enough and you love this state, um, which we do, that's why we're so passionate about things that happen here, really dig into how Florida was developed. Mm-hmm. And specifically, Bahamian immigrants built portions of the Flagler Railroad that exists in Miami. Literally built from the ground up like, and I think people often bypass that. And some of your, if you are confused about where to start, start with some of your favorite singers, rappers, MCs. Start with the good girl, Trina, with her Bahamian heritage. Good Trina. And people don't make the connection because, you know, she's the baddest and she is a Miami native. But yes, her mother is Bahamian. Exactly. Exactly. Start with that. Start. There are so many people from Miami that can trace their roots to Bahamian parentage or grandparents. Their lineage Mm -hmm. literally comes out of the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's often forgotten when we travel into Miami with the new cultures that are true. Very true. Because it is a melting pot, similar to Mm -hmm. New York City. Um, Miami is a melting pot of, of a lot of different Caribbean cultures. We'll talk more about our educational backgrounds, but I intended to study history when I was applying to college way back when. Um, I did not end up choosing history. I went another route, but I still have that interest in historical research. Uh, So diving down this hole was very um, interesting and fun for me. So I wanted to give a documentary recommendation. Um, The Black Miami is a documentary that I watched on Amazon Prime, I believe, um, several months ago. And that's where I learned about the Bahamian immigrants that built the Flagler Railroad, which is now called something different. And I, I can't tell you the name right now. But it was very interesting to learn about how they built the city of Miami, essentially, and then got pushed out into certain parts of the city that we now know are not the best areas. Um, so the Black Miami, it's a documentary, watch it, very insightful information, stuff that you will not find readily on the internet. I will say that uh, a lot of our history is still there. So I'll, I'll definitely dig into that. I love a good documentary. Yes, yes. So... What more, in in case this wasn't apparent, Black immigrants are coming to America to further their education. 
as well as become these active citizens and contributors that we know about. So according to a Pew Research study, overall 28% of Black immigrants have a college degree. And of course, that varies by country of origin. Um, Can you guess which country of origin is in the lead for Black immigrants who are educated, college educated? I'm going to take this pause for the cause to say that while I am a proud Virgin Islander, parents coming out of St. I know deep in my heart, <laughs> way down deep in my heart, that my ancestors came out of this country because I feel the same. Nigeria didn't no carry last. Okay? <laughs> Nigeria, I, I, even, I don't even have to read the study to know that Nigeria has to be in the top. They're, I know this because... They're number one. Oh, of course. Yeah. Where else would they be? Nigerians don't come anyplace else. They do not. Sorry. They don't I am play. sorry for all other African nations. I would love to visit anywhere in Africa, but I'm just going off of the spirit of Nigerian people that I have met. They don't take well to being anything but number one. So I thought that. I agree. Agree. Our Nigerian brothers and sisters are highly, highly intelligent, uh, very competitive. Um, But I will say Jamaica is on this list. Top six. It is. I mean, it comes... It comes very close after many of African nations where mm-hmm, they have, you mm-hmm. know, larger populations. So you have Nigeria, you have Kenya, Ghana, Ethiopia, mm-hmm. um, Guyana, and then Jamaica, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, underneath Jamaica is the good people from TNT with the TNT. curry. So. <laughs> so and who's and next? Tobago. And who's Haiti. next? Okay. Haiti. And to be honest, Haiti is on there with the Dominican, it, Haiti and then the Dominican Republic, which if you people are not familiar with, that is the island of Hispaniola. So, I mean, that history is something to be talked about in itself. <laughs> that island. Woo! Um, it is. Colonization is, is a I've crazy thing. A crazy thing. Here, you take this half, now take this half. Bet? Yes. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. It is. It, 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 it is almost confusing how men, um, mortal men, can sit down and decide that they can own places that already have people. You cannot <laughs> own and you cannot discover something that already has somebody there. I just... Have you seen the... Uh, <laughs> what is his name? There's a Dominican uh, uh, influencer, I guess you would call, on, on the socials. Um, and I think his most famous video is what he posts every Columbus Day. When he gets into somebody's car and a policeman comes up and says, sir, what are you doing? This is not your car. I just saw the man get out of his car and you got into his car. This is not your car. And he says, no, I discovered this car. (laughs) I have not seen that. I'm definitely going to look on the interweb for that one because (laughs) I, I literally have a shirt that says nobody is illegal on stolen land i Facts. don't get it i Facts. don't understand it um and people that are like self-righteous in that like their ancestors discovered this how friend your ancestors were literally fleeing europe from the repression in europe came here and then oppressed people here i i don't amazing get amazing isn't it but that's a whole different discussion for when we talk about why y'all taking stuff out of the history books that y'all don't want y'all little sons and daughters Ooh. to read about their ancestors, which is why they're repeating the same thing over and over and over and over. And yes, like toast. We're talking about the state that has 
the name that comes right before toast. And you know who I'm talking about. But then again, we into better hair, so let me don't get I mean, we're, our governor is literally trying to mimic everything that their governor is. I know. To like, the T. Like, he can't come up with his own work. Well, you know. Copy, paste, copy, paste. He would fail. Devil, he would fail. The, the devil has if minions. If this was school. You the know. devil has minions. That's all I can say. So anyways, I wanted to give you some more statistics. Um, according to the, the, I believe this was the 2020 Census Bureau, um, 39.4% of naturalized citizens and 40.2% of children of foreign born in the United States had a bachelor's degree or higher. There you go. And that is compared to 35.9% of native born, um, those born to native born parents. So basically, immigrants and children of immigrants are getting bachelor's degrees at the same rate or higher than Americans who were born in America. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, we're going to talk more about this. We're definitely going to talk about it because sometimes you'll hear things like they came to take something, Mm. they came to take... But last time I checked, free and open education, Mm -hmm. what is that, a community college trade school... Four-year college research institution is open, so, Mm -hmm. you know. And even a greater share of foreign-born people um, have advanced degrees. So, basically, they're talking about me and you, girl. (laughs) They are. They are. They are talking about the one two parents that will get all the degrees. And then they come back and they say, my daughter, she has so-and-so. My son, the doctor. Because you know that's all they want to do is talk about you. Have you been watching Potomac? I have not, girl. You have to to catch her. You have to catch her. All I know is they say they have somebody and they call herself the queen. Yes, that would be La Dame. Miss really? Karen, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, well, sorry. It's not the queen. It's what? La Dame? Yes. The Grand Dame, honey. <laughs> I can't do it. I got sweeped in the other night watching a little bit of um the girls in Atlanta and the girls in Miami. Um, You know, Miami. Mona's girls. Which, oh. you know what? Let's take a pause for the cause while we're talking about immigrants. Every time y'all turn on y'all TVs and y'all watch... The good girls Ooh. in Atlanta Ooh. and in Miami. Y'all just go ahead and thank Mona. Because to be honest, that's an immigrant. And while I may not agree 100% True. with her methods, she has capitalized on something that y'all like. Mess. Hot, garbage she mess. Mm-hmm. She's an innovator. She an uh, idol. Icon. Listen, give her her flowers while she's still here. I agree. Okay, give Mona her things. You know, immigrant, Haitian immigrant. She does get a lot of flack, but if you look at the business of it all, how is she different than Ryan Seacrest or the other one or the other one for the girls into Potomac and uh, uh, what's his name, Andy? Andy. Oh, because when Andy say how high, y'all, he said jump, y'all say how high. Then y'all want to come back and be like, oh, Mona this and Mona that. And mm-hmm. It's trash and it's mm-hmm. trouble. Mona mm-hmm. just did exactly what they've been doing. See? And again, it is your choice to show up on these shows. Last time I checked, I can't tell you if Mona have a husband, kids, nobody. She not the show? She's a ghost. Duppy. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, learn how, learn, you know what? Off topic. But like, <laughs> but, but, but like you were saying. Learn how to. These are the innovators in America. They're no different to your DJ Cool Herc. I'm pretty sure 
when somebody first heard the booming noises coming out um, of the windows. Um, and I want to be, I know it's a segue thing, um, but I don't want to, I don't want to be incorrect about where, where hip hop was created. Cause there's an exact. The Bronx, address. honey, the boogie down, the yes. boogie down. Uh, th- but there is an exact address and people talk about oh. it all the time. Yes. Like where he actually like had the See, first... I probably learned that on that Netflix series. That they Me had. too. <laughs> no, oh, let's not talk about it. I watched that was it and I good. Was, I was irate when it ended. Very upset. Very upset. Um, but let's be clear: the booming sounds, as you referred to, dance hall culture, dance hall culture. Fifteen twenty Sedgwick Avenue. I know For that. You, yes. Spelling S E D G W I. Okay. Yes. The birthplace right. of hip hop. Okay. The birthplace of hip hop. Okay. And so I mean. We got back to hip hop, kind of got off topic. But again, like when I feel like it needs to be noted that when immigrants come here, like they're literally not coming. I've not met one immigrant that came here to say, look, hand me the, the food stamp, hand me the welfare. Like these are generally <laughs> people, and I'll be honest, that like have, they feel like a handout is some way is wrong, right? And so they work overtime, extra time, whether it's cleaning or um, working like night shift jobs, having a second job. And, and again, when those jobs are not provided and they do need to seek assistance, again, it's because of the laws of the land that have limited them to work, limited. They've literally limited what Lady Liberty says. Like but I was see, looking to the view. When, so what we're not going to talk about is how certain immigrant groups are given privileges that others are not. Cer- oh. Certain immigrant groups are given uh, certain monetary privileges upon arrival to this great land but this is not a secret this is not a secret because Mm -hmm. their last president not mine their last president said people were coming from shithole countries last time i checked no 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 baby no 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 and so i think it's like it's really like i was like i said i was listening to the view and they were talking about this idea of like, what happened to give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Ma'am. Like, what happened to Ma'am. that? What happened to like coming on the boat? We gonna help you. What, what? Because a lot of people forget when they talk about immigrants and they talk about, oh, the Haitians came on boats and the Jamaicans have come on boats and the Banana Caribbean boats. people come on blah, blah boats. When I watch these documentaries from the nine, the 18 and the 17, this and all kind of thing, and I see man on the front of boat and they've been on boat from Ireland and they your families got here the same. I'm confused. Where else? How else? Did they take a rocket? Is there like a past Elon Musk that nobody told us about <laughs> that, that flew them over here from, from where they was on their rocket? Mm. It's tiresome. It's tiring. It's tire. It, it really is tiring to have to explain again. Going back to the Haitian refugees, they're not coming here because they have such a good life in Haiti. Like you don't even need to go historical, right? Like so for some, so for some countries, you have to go historical. Like if you're going to talk about Jamaica and why Jamaican immigrants still try to flock, there are internal problems in the country, but it really sometimes goes back to the International Monetary Fund, right? Like you talk about the IMF, you talk about the loans that Jamaica got that dropped their dollar into nothing to the point where like a penny, a dollar in Jamaica is like, you know, almost 
what what is that? Because there's no equivalency in oh. like other currency. Oh, I can tell you. Right. So, but 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 understanding that you had to go back, right, to like think on that. But we have lived through two now earthquakes in Haiti, a full on assassination of the president, and you're not like if you woke up tomorrow morning and this was happening in your country, would you not flee? Exactly. Why? Why are be, why are they why are they considered migrants at this point and not refugees? Asylum seekers, because and, and, asylum seekers and refugees are afforded other privileges that migrants are not. And while we understand that a lot of the Haitian refugees, as we're going to continue to call them, have not come directly from Haiti, right? Like, and that's why it's so heart wrenching when you're like packing well, them up and sending well, them back why on is the plane. Why is that? Can you mention why that is? Because people are not understanding why there are Haitian um, immigrants at the Texas border, the Texas-Mexico border. They're, well, they're like, honest. well, how did they get there? And to be honest, in the beginning, I was one of them. I was like, what is happening? Understanding that, yes, Elon Musk didn't get them here just like you think he did your ancestors. <laughs> but that, you know, like they probably went up through South America, right? Because I want y'all to watch a map and see how close Thank South you. America is to certain places. I This is quite honestly, possibly off topic, but I have a great, great, great aunt. And my mom always tells me she went to help build the Panama Canal. Yes. Well, how she got there, girl? So the yes. other day, y'all will learn this about me. I'm an avid Starbucks cup collector. And so I was trying to get a friend of mine in Trinidad to get me a cup. And he, and I was explaining that I think the cup is in Trinidad, but it was released really in South America. He was like, oh, yeah, whatever comes on from the South American releases end up here. And I pulled a map out and I was like, oh, they're touching. Yes. Like Trinidad and Tobago, like you would vacation in certain parts of Latin America because you're literally touching them on a map. Right. So understanding that these people probably have country hopped while working to possibly help their families down the chain across to South America, mm-hmm. paid people to get them up. And from the understanding is they were fed lies. They were fed this lie that now that the Biden administration is in, they were going to be given asylum. Mm-hmm. So they packed themselves up and moved all through South America coming mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. you know, to seek asylum. We're not going to go into the fact that from what I understand, they were, they were, they were, um, brought to Brazil to build like the World Cup stadium. Really? And 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 yeah, like several large... I haven't read that yet because you know what? They have been... This is not just displacement from the most recent earthquake. We're talking mm-hmm. about from the other one. Where the girls were stealing their money. Yes. Huh. Back. back. Huh. I'm just going to say that. That's all I'm going to say. Huh. Back. We won't say back. names. Ba- back when... So this is know, months for some, years for some... Yeah, almost over a decade. I think the the, uh, the last earthquake was over a decade ago. And, and the they, country still has not recovered. That's why they are leaving. That's and, why they have left. And then to add to that, an assassination. The Jeez. last time I checked, like, that is not... I, I am confused. Like, we have to go back in history several... Like, we have to go back to the 60s to yeah. talk about a presidential assassination. Yeah, They're dealing with this, like actively currently in a country that is still reeling and then on top of that they just had an earthquake Mm -hmm. so to sit down and watch these images back to the images that started the the, i would say not that we don't want to be angry right because people like often term angry black women Mm -hmm. the upsetness um in us i think it goes back to this idea of like 
How dare you get on a horse and and with whips? Like, first of all, whips? What? Where is that? Where? Where is that? I just, I don't know why that was part of the uniform. Why? So when you got dressed for work, you said, Talk about it. "Let me put on my pants, my shirt, my belt." My, my hat, my, my, the hat. You know, my the hat. hat, my cowboy hat, my chaps, which apparently is part of the uniform, as I have been told. So okay. I'm not even going to talk about how you wow, wow, Western it at work. The, then they went out to get their horse. They went to get their horse. Got the horse. And, and next to the horse. Uh-huh. Boom. Whip. So your your final choice, your final option was to pick up your whip and head on down to the rain the okay corral where, where were you I, they where obviously were you? thought this they thought this was the great texas corral and if you see the people they're literally holding these boxes and from there's food. a small town, food literally there's a on on one of the major news networks they were showing this lady she was like in a very small border town in mexico and she was saying like she hardly has anything but she had boxes and boxes of chicken that she was there cooking for them because she's like they have nothing, nothing. Like, they're living in tents. The the pictures of these people with babies in these conditions, yes, breaks my heart. I I think that I need to be very clear in stating, and I know I know this is not okay, right? Like, and if you are unaware of history, take the time, proceed to a good documentary. May not be one of the girls that likes to pick up um, scholarly articles, but do your googles, like please, people, do your googles, like. Because the past is repeating itself. And whenever the past repeats itself, honestly, I think it's, I will say what I think. I think it's worse, right? Because the oppressor has now learned. They've learned, they've learned to a certain extent to be better at oppression. Yeah. And if we don't learn to be better at combating oppression, it only gets worse. Agreed. Um, That's super important. And it all ties back because people go through that journey, that track to bring their families here to bring their kids here and like these are some of the students that we work with we've heard countless stories of students who make it to college or universities and then realize that they don't have a social or they wanted or or they wanted to sign up for a sport in high school and they needed their birth certificate. So they're finding out in the most inopportune ways that mm-hmm. they're an undocumented person. Um, and I want to talk about... Sorry, go ahead. I will say I've actually experienced that. Um, mm-hmm. And like completely like... I've tried to institute processes at my institution to avoid that. But I've actually had to sit down with a student at the beginning of the term and like literally revoke a $20,000 scholarship because the student was not eligible Uh, according to the laws of the state for the merit award. It was a merit award. Student had gone to school in the state of Florida, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they were undocumented according to the state and did not know that 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 would impact them. Yeah. So to be clear, undocumented students are able to go through K through 12 uh, pretty much without super big problems. Um, it'll pop up in some cases where, like I said, you want to do XYZ additional um, activity or organization that requires some sort of documentation that you don't have. And that's when things get figured out. Um, but when it comes to 
applying to college, that's when you start running into, hey, here's this barrier and here's what we need to know. And at that point is when students become what we would call dreamers. So so some students become dreamers. The dreamers fall under a specific act, a federal act. Mm-hmm. That says they're on a pathway to citizenship, right? And so they mm-hmm. can't be, they can't be, they were brought here when they were super young and they cannot be sent back. Basically, they have no family there. Like you could not, re- I think they call it repatriation. Like you couldn't send them to anybody, right? Okay. But then you have truly undocumented students that don't fall under dreamers or deferred action class. Um, and they're actually just undocumented, like don't mm-hmm. have any documents. Um, and you are right. Like the U.S. Supreme Court decided in 1982 that undocumented students could go from, they call it P through 12. So from, you know, primary school all the way through no immigration status is needed. But higher education is where it gets very, very fickle, um, where states rights, states rights, um, <laughs> they come in and, you know, the federal policy, there have been several policies that have been proposed to remove the obstacles for students that may be in this position undocumented to attend higher education institutions, but there's been no passage, you know, constant political debate. It's one of those things that literally ends up on your ballot every year or every four years. And so it's almost, you know, a student has to go in and figure out specifically what state might be okay for them and what state is not okay for them. And I think that's where it gets very, very, very confusing because almost always, like, how do you even know where you can attend school is is where that starts. And the emotional side of that is, okay, I'm an undocumented student. I want to go to college. I go through the necessary steps to notify them that I'm undocumented meet the qualifications to fall under the deferred action for childhood arrivals, DACA. Um, Now I'm considered a dreamer. A lot of people won't even go that far because, because the fear is that now I am trapped. Now at any point, if this goes away, this legislation goes away, you know where I am, you know who I am, and you will want to get rid of me and send me back to a place that I do not know. You're 100 and you're, you're 200% right. I have actually had students tell me they will not tell us. Um, they will just unenroll um, because Florida is a sunshine state. And when I say sunshine state and sunshine state laws, I'm not talking about the sun in the sky. No. I'm talking about <laughs> open policies where the state of Florida basically... We work for an we work for our, uh, a public institution. Our emails are public. Uh, our yeah. salaries yeah. are public. Yeah, and so we're we're yeah. like we said before, we are governed by the Florida state government and mm-hmm. your boy <laughs> and your boy. Um, and yes, everything's really everything. You know, it's very odd for all of this. You know, individual rights. A lot of our information is just out there for everybody to know and see. <laughs> And so it it does make it very difficult. I will say there have been states that have come up with like in-state tuition policies because outside of, okay, so let's take it from the truly egregious, right? So when we talk about like truly egregious, we're talking about like states that have completely disallowed the enrollment at public institutions for undocumented students, completely said, 
y'all cannot come to school at any public institution in our state. Okay. And Alabama and South Carolina stand as two of those based on the most recent um, document that I could have, f- f- that I found, which was about like, I would say 2018, 2019. Okay. They have a, two, Alabama has a 2011 law. Um, I'm guessing it's their House Bill 56. And then South Carolina has a 2008 law, mm-hmm. um, House Bill 4400, that disallows the enrollment at public institutions for undocumented students. Hmm. What happened clear. in 2008? Mm. <laughs> mm. You know, they were, they were like, ooh, we can't do this, you know. Certain people are in the White House. They might change stuff. So let's go ahead and put this on our books. Yeah. And then we have states that completely disallow the in-state tuition benefits for students, meaning you have to pay out-of-state tuition. I want to take a pause for the cause, right? Generally, out-of-state tuition can be three times in-state tuition. So at the institution where I work, in-state is 211 per credit hour. Out-of-state is 575. Mm. $364 difference per credit hour, not per class. Each class is generally about three to four credits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they have said, if we can't keep you from coming to the door, we're going to financially cripple you because you can't get any form of federal aid. You right? cannot. Undocumented students. That's important. Yes. Undocumented students. I know with, 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 with Covisha recently, there were some allowances where undocumented students were able to get some of that stimulus money that went into higher ed. Correct. Um, but the general status quo is no. So you are paying out of pocket or maybe if like your community or your college or university has some form of fund specifically for undocumented students, mm-hmm. um, which mo- some colleges do, but they're only giving out maybe two, of, two to three, maybe four scholarships a year. And they cannot um, be, like you said, federal funds. No, it's not federal funds. It's like donors that have given money to this right. cause. Anyways, there are three states that have disallowed in-state tuition benefits completely. Arizona, Georgia, and Indiana. Arizona, 2006. Georgia, 2008. Indiana, 2011. So, like, this time block, I want to be very clear. It's, like, it's very... It's politically... You should... you If you knew... If you know politically at that time yeah. what was happening, you know what is... You know, it is clear. Yeah, um, this, this is clearly a backlash. This is backlash for, you know, the great, the greatness that did happen. Um, and then there's several states, and I'll rattle them off really quickly, that do have undocumented in-state policies. Um, and Maybe I won't even go over the whole list. I'll just say, like, for example, in the state of Florida in 2014, they introduced House Bill 851. House Bill 851 basically says if you went to a Florida high school for a certain amount of years, and uh, you can go to a higher education institution and get a waiver of your out-of-state fees. You can't get, you cannot be, you won't, you will not. (laughs) That was a lie. You, you will not be seen or classified as a Florida resident. So you can't get in-state scholarships. Okay. You do have to pay your, your in-state tuition base rate. Like you can't get help with that. Okay. But you, you don't have to pay out-of-state tuition. Okay. And Um, some universities, some institutions have their own programs that they've instituted to assist with um, some immigrants or some migrants. Um, Our institution has a migrant um, assistance program. So a college assistance migrant program, it's called CAMP. I don't know if you're familiar. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Great program. Yes. So they actually help with um, assisting basically the children of migrant farm workers within the state. Uh, they help the the college students with their first year of college. So making the transition um, and getting started on their bachelor's degree. So each institution um, may or may not have additional programs to assist uh, certain undocumented. And I, yeah, I think that's very, it's very good when institutions have those programs. Um, I'm thankful for them. What I will say, because one uh, one. An influencer that I follow made this very clear the other day um, that she was so confused between her bachelor's and her master's that she owes Sally. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I don't want Sally changed her name, honey. She's running. I know, but we all us and 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 some of our parents and older siblings still know her as <laughs> Sally Me. <laughs> yes. Um, Sally really has a hold on a lot of people, and I think what is hurtful is misinformation. Again, we always go back to misinformation. Misinformation leads to miseducation, right? So like, again, how are these students supposed to figure this out, right? Like what support systems are there? Most of the, most times the schools that are in the communities where undocumented migrant, my refugee mm-hmm. um, populations are, they are overwhelmed by the amount of students in their classrooms. Yeah. Many of them don't this the the system has not given them access to a college and career counselor so you know what does that look like for them to figure out like because they're applying based on their hope their dreams many based on their high gpas and test scores and that's that it. their parents yeah their parents have worked hard to get them as far as they have gotten them only to find out that there is somebody standing on their neck once again so their kids can't become more like and let's be clear, we could have a whole discussion about how high school does not prepare you for the next step, which is college. Because really did you even have a guidance counselor? We had one for the entire school. Did I see her during my four years? No. You know when I saw her? Oh, what school did you get into? Oh, you did? Great. We're going to put that on the announcements. That makes us look good. Was there help in the application process? Was there help with the FAFSA? That's a whole nother discussion. No. I had to figure that out myself. Did my parents know what was going on? Nope. I just had to ask them for their social, your tax information. All right, this is what we're doing. They sat down with me. I'm putting it in right here. Okay, cool. They know I'm not scamming them. Um, And that's it. You just kind of have to claw your way through and figure it out. And and, and as a a, uh, rewind, pause and rewind to the last episode, if the rich can't figure it out, go how you expect us to figure it out. All they did is throw throw money at the problem. And let's be clear, um, my father's an engineer. This is my father's. Ed- my parents are educated. These are not uneducated people. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. systems that are in place in this country, in this state, are going to be very different from other places. And yeah. you don't know what you don't know until you you run up into it. And a lot of times, specifically, I know I have fought tooth and nail. I'm not afraid to say this here. I fought tooth and nail for years to even have a Spanish version or a Creole version of the residency document mm. in Florida institutions. Why are you handing, like, again, this idea of, like, if you come here, you need to be able to speak no. English. Like, no. well, when y'all came here, y'all should have been able to speak Cherokee and all the native languages, right? But, you know, again, Facts. let me don't get off on a tangent. Woo, bring it back down when some... Again, like that is one of the most ignorant things that I have had to deal with because it is very hard when you have a person, 
a child, again, not a person, a child in high school yeah. trying to educate their parents. To an extent, the parent feels that they failed the child and they may become somewhat like apprehensive to the process. They don't want to go up to the institution to find out information because they feel like somebody's going to judge them for not having known what, again, half of America does not know. And you made a good point because you mentioned earlier, like there is the initial barrier to higher education at the, I mean, you could start it at the, the certificate level, the associate level, the community college, but the higher you go, the barriers increase, right? So when we're talking about um, graduate level education, um, going further past your bachelor's degree, going mm -hmm. for a master's, going for a PhD, going for a JD, et cetera, et cetera. That's a whole nother process. That's Trust that's me. a whole different set of paperwork. That's a whole nother application process to several different schools because when you apply to school, you do not apply to just one. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how many American students do not know how grad school. Oh, oh definitely not. well, I studied major A for my bachelor's degree. Does that mean I can only study major A for graduate school? No, you can study whatever you want as long as you meet the admission requirements. I have had that conversation a million times over the last 10 years in my career mm -hmm. uh, to the point where I even created programming to assist and kind of handhold students through the process of researching, vetting, applying, finding funding for grad programs. Mm -hmm. um, and I really pride myself on that because not only does it help our American born students, but it especially helps our foreign born students or our mm -hmm. first generation. And first generation could be us, mm -hmm. first generation born here from immigrants, or first generation could be students who have parents who didn't go to college. So mm -hmm. for me, it means multiple things. Um, and that's important, especially when we're tossing out the university lingo that we're so familiar with and retention and persistence and what have you. First gen for me means something completely different than it does um, in regular conversations on campus. And I keep that in mind when I'm helping my students and going the extra mile for them. And that's, and that's very important. Um, I can say I feel the same um, as it pertains to the confusion that is built into the system and and to be clear is systemic also meant to be there i don't want anybody to think that the confusion that's within the system isn't meant to be there high education was not created for anybody except white men so okay. i started we will put a book list in the description yeah but there's several books that tell you about the history of higher education and how it points within that history several groups have been basically restricted from the hollowed halls of higher education mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I myself will say, like, as a first generation student, a first, I would say, yes, as a first generation college student in both aspects, um, as my mom, as an Im immigrant, my mom did receive her bachelor's degree like the year before me. And I have always been very honest in this by saying that I went to undergrad for five years so that my mom could graduate undergrad before me. I intentionally took an, 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 an an additional year mm -hmm. so that we did not graduate the same year because I knew that she would give up her graduation to come to mine. Right. Um, and so I double majored so that she didn't have to do that. And I think it's really important to remember, like, 
even after you get the hurdle at a bachelor's because baby a bachelor's ain't nothing but a don't high school me. diploma to the people now <laughs> i'm starting to break your bubble out there child don't tell the, the kids girls that. are asking for entry-level masters men are know what entry-level masters how you be a master at entry level would you Go to somebody who told you they were a master at anything and they were entry level? The, an entry level master. The market is in a tizzy. And I mean the job market. It it's been it's, it's been upside down, upside and down for years. But Kovisha like came in and kicked it down. And she said, Honey, this ain't gonna work no more. People are fed up. People have quit. There are, th- that's a whole separate conversation. We, that's a we, yes. We're not <laughs> like, going to go into it right now. We'll talk but, about the, the job market another time. But I think, I think that's really important because like I left undergrad, double majored, and I thought I knew what I wanted to do. And honestly, if some, if just, it's just one person that had a really good graduate level grad school conversation with me, I would have been debt free. Yeah. And um, I also would have, been a PhD like five years ago, you know. I, mean, I still hope that you know everybody's will, PhD journey is different. You know that everybody, everybody is. But I'm just saying the lack of information, yes. um, yeah. definitely, de- definitely changed my trajectory. And I think it often does for students. And I also think the faces of people that give them advice um, can also impact how they take it, right? Like so, Agreed. that's why it's so important. Let me say it again out there for any of the administrators listening. It is important to promote your black and brown colleagues to higher positions. Agreed. Agreed. It is also important not to ask them to do the work for the higher positions without the pay. Agreed. Because when the black and brown students need somebody to mentor them and see them through their educational journey, Guess sometimes you are not the person they want to come to. Thank you. And I am just going to go out here and say it. I am at this point too tired and too busy with the other things you have put on my table. You can't end it right To do any more. Thank you very much. That is my soapbox this evening. (laughs) No, ask me nothing. I cannot help you. I cannot help you to relate to the student that you didn't care to relate to before they were talking about resistance. Sorry, resistance. Retention and persistence. Yes. I'm gonna call it resistance. <laughs> they really should call that retention. was a Freudian slip. Resistance. <laughs> they should call retention and persistence issues resistance. Resistance. That was a Freudian slip. Um, and then on top of that, they want to ask you to to come up with DEI programming, honey, because you black. <laughs> you didn't talk because, about that. Beca- and, and then fire the whole office because they don't like the programs that they come up with. But we ain't talking about that tonight. Oh, That's not what we're talking okay. about tonight. I thought we were. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think it- we need to wrap this segment. So we, what we just wanted to drive home with this is, number one, everything is connected. So when we are watching the news and we're seeing Haitian, my, Haitian migrants down at refugees. Thank you. Asylum seekers. Thank you. Down at the Mexico border. North Tex North Mex yes, northern Mexico border. Okay. Um, it didn't just happen overnight. And it was by no fault of their own. Uh and like you said, we need to do the research and dig back, back, back before uh colonization ended, before these countries got their 
independence that they had to pay for and we're not even going to talk about We can't that. even talk about that. But honestly, France give Haiti back their money. That's it. That's all we're going to say right now. That might be the show title. France give Haiti back their money. Okay. That's it. Sound, sound, that sounds about right. And I mean, that's all that needs to be said because if that was done, we wouldn't be here. And that's what we're trying to say. You cannot look at these things in a vacuum. All of this is connected through time and space. Okay? So time and space. Um, we just wanted to add that if you're interested in helping Haiti, you can donate to Haitian Relief Organization So a Seed. Um, their website is soaseedonline.org. That's S-O-W-A-S-E-E-D online.org. For transparency, their efforts right now are geared towards Haitian relief after the most recent earthquake that happened on August 21st of this year. Um, so for transparency, we do not know quite yet how they'll be he- they'll be helping the Haitians at the Texas border, um, but we'll definitely be keeping up with the relief efforts um, and what is coming in the next days and weeks. And we can definitely give an update on how you can pitch in. Definitely. I I think it's really important. Um, Haiti was the first free Black nation. They paved the way for so many other nations to find the strength and the courage to fight back against their colonizers. And so wherever you are, if you're a part of the African diaspora, you owe Haiti great lo- a great load of gratitude for what they did in the past and the price that they've paid for what they did in the past and so yeah I think- we all have to salute them so big up Haiti sac passe yes 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 all right let's move on Ooh, child let's move on <laughs> all right so I think we covered a lot today so we should probably end with something fun Someone, so since yes so since we're um you know very cultured today very worldly um i figured we could discuss world travels so i don't know if you did study abroad when you were an undergrad but i did not take advantage of it i mean i went to private school and the tuition was already uh too high child me too <laughs> so and that's the one thing i do regret though i wish agreed. i went somewhere agreed um, so my question is, if you were to go on a study abroad experience, what are the top three countries you would choose? Um, I would have gone to a country in Africa. That's number one. I've seen a lot of my friends that have gone to places in Africa. And I mean, a stunning and beautiful and to like actually be able to study at universities in Africa, um, where, you know, and, you know, any university in Africa. Because a lot of people don't believe they have universities. Yes, there are universities in Africa, <laughs> people. So I would have taken that opportunity. Definitely um, would have loved that. Um, outside of that, I feel like it's counterproductive to say I would go someplace in Europe. So while I would like to go to Zara and stuff for the, hmm. food, uh, for the clothes and then eat for the food, I'm going to leave them off the list. And I'm going to say second would be somewhere in Latin America, mm-hmm. um, only because I recently read a book about the slaves that went south instead of going north. Oh. And a great population of American slaves went south and like became like mm-hmm. freed people, but you know, in okay. South America. Okay. And so I, I think I would have wanted to go just to experience that and just experience the history of the native people. I feel like they have more like 
not to be rude and new, a lot of our native people are stuck basically on reserves, right? Right. For, in order to have their land. And so I feel like somehow I may have been able to understand native culture better by traveling mm-hmm. um, to see like, you know, the Aztec ruins and doing stuff. Like that. And I would have picked up a second language. I, I Let me be clear why I'm not going to Europe. I don't know y'all language. <laughs> Colonization and English. We got it. So wasn't going there. <laughs> and last but not least, because my mother has said this all the time and I want to go there. I want to teach there. So if you're listening as a professor, call me. About to have this PhD. Okay. I want to go to UE. Okay. I legit want, and for I the mean, people that don't know, that, that is the, the University of the West Indies. We can make people. that happen tomorrow. I legit, I want to, I would have wanted to be a student at UE because my mom talks about like how many great professors she had um, and how many great professors she knew that, you know, that worked at UE Mm -hmm. and then like went on to become great professors in London. And let's be clear, all of the great professors that are in, and I'm trying to hurt nobody's feelings. There are many great professors in the UK. Most of them coming from Africa. So Nigeria, Ghana, countries in Africa, or they coming out of the Caribbean. True. So, you know, or or they came out of New York or Asia or like the Mm. Harlem Renaissance scene, Mm -hmm. because that's a whole different podcast about how blacks from America, like James Baldwin went to Europe and like expanded their like culture and literature. That's where, that's where, you know, I would, so yeah, Africa, South America and straight back home to the university of the West Indies. So I asked you countries and you gave me geographical regions. Oh, I'm so sorry, child. That's what I say. What <laughs> words mean things and listening is important. Lord help me. But that's fine. I will take it because I'll answer now and agree. Um, Latin America. I don't know if I pinpointed a specific country. I think I would like to learn a little bit of Portuguese. I know a little bit of Spanish. I can understand Spanish. Um, okay. Portuguese throws me off. Um, on first listen, you may not be able to distinguish. So I would probably do Brazil. I think it's so... I was about to say, it's, hit the carnival in Brazil. I mean, it is like deeply rooted in culture and traditions there that they're mm-hmm. still tied to. Um, there's Black people there. There is, but do you know that they actually don't have their national race? Everybody is Brazilian. Girl, that's a whole different topic for a whole different day. But I literally, I studied... Um, universities in Brazil and was very interested to find out that like you have to send a back this was maybe like 20 years ago you had to send a photograph when you applied for the national universities really um, and there were these twins one got in and one didn't get in and Based on... there's a difference mm-hmm. in their appearance they're twins but there's a difference in their appearance. oh lordy well I would still mm-hmm. go oh yes definitely Um, I would also like you uh, visit Africa. I believe, I feel like Western Africa is where people want to go because that was our last foot in our homeland. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've learned a lot about Nigeria and Benin. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I would choose Ghana. Okay. But I would also really want to visit Ethiopia because I feel like if you're Jamaican, you have to go to Ethiopia. You know, Rasta man, them gonna be mad. Rastafari gonna be mad with you. If you know, right, right. Right, and it, to me, it's so interesting the the different the phenotypes 
the difference between the West and East Coast mm-hmm. of Africa. The people look and to be so honest, different. Let me just get this out real quick. History, please, y'all. Ethiopia is in Africa. I know y'all really trying to re- rewrite history right mm. now. Because mm. I saw a book the other day. Southern Europe. was white on the front again. Mm-hmm. But I want y'all to understand that Ethiopia Morocco, is in Africa. Africa. Yeah. Egypt, yes. Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because y'all going to, re- you know, you going to rezone. Because y'all good for good rezoning. Woo! We'll so talk about. Let me just get out. We will definitely talk about how "quote unquote" rezoning, as you have called it, has contributed to the educational system that you now see and its funding. Mm. Um, but my last country, I cannot pick where in Southeast Asia, but it's Southeast Asia. I don't know if I want to go to South Korea, Thailand, Taiwan, Hong Kong. Like I don't know, but it's somewhere over there. I can um, see that. I definitely could see that. And you know, a lot of people um, teach English in some of those southeastern countries, and they don't come back. I know a couple of people that I went to school with that are still there. And yes. I graduated um, not <laughs> yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, but yes, that's yeah. where I would study abroad. Oh, I like that question, Alicia. That was fun. That was definitely <laughs> fun. I've never thought about. I know I've always said I wish I had, but I never thought about where I would have gone. Well, good. I'm glad we got the chance to go there in our minds. Um, And we can always visit there on the internet during COVID times. Yeah, that was fun. So let's move on. All right, guys. So we know that you might be still a little shy. So we didn't, we don't have any letters today. Um, But remember that you can always, always send us your shady school or work situations, your funny college stories or questions. Send them to neverleftcollegepod at gmail.com and we'll read them on the show and try to give you some advice or maybe you can teach us a thing or two. So again, don't forget, please send your stories, shady stories, fun college stories or questions to neverleftcollegepod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. All right, guys. Okay, so that's the end of the show for today it's been a good time not a long time but then again no one likes a long class we hope you have a great and remember college is a place to live love and laugh but if you never leave we're here to help you get through bye guys bye